Hello, and welcome to the Blind Access Journal Podcast. I'm Allison Hilliker. And I'm Daryl Hilliker. And we are here today. Uh, we're recording this at the National Federation of the Blind, NFB 2017 National Convention in Orlando. And um, we're also here. We have um, our daughter, Alyssa, is in the background. She's 18 months. She's kind of going to toddle around and, and throw in her perspective here and there. But, yes. And it is Monday, July 10th, so it's the first full day of convention. This is correct. And today we have a special guest, um, uh, Dr. Denise, Denise Robinson. Robinson. Sorry, I just, just blanked for a second. Howdy, Sorry. howdy. Yes, this is, and she comes to us from Washington State, so welcome. Ashley, Washington State, and Tennessee were there caring for parents also, so oh, I boy. fly back and forth. Oh my goodness, wow. That sounds rough. Yeah, so I do a lot of time zone changes. I get what Alyssa's experiencing yes, right now. Yes, yes. We just talked three time zones, and it's rough, <laughs> especially with the toddler. So, um, well, thank you, Denise. We, we appreciate you agreeing to talk with us um, today, and um, part, um, I have followed uh, Denise for a long time. Tell us a little bit um, about... Who you are and what you do? Well, over uh, 30 years ago, the way it started me getting into blind field is both of my eyes hemorrhaged um, in my Excuse last semester that was of college. That's okay. Um, and so I actually was taught all the blind skills, and as I learned them, I discovered I loved them. I thought Braille was so cool. I love the technology. Keeping in mind, it was an Apple IIGS, the big oh, wow. vanilla cassette players, and I carried my brailler around to the bad old days. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, flying my brailler back and forth, east coast to west coast. When I flew, I uh, let me see, that's not easy, and I broke more handles and whatnot. But I, bet. I learned how to repair a brailler. Nice. So hey, oh. we learned a lot from our failures. So uh, as the years went by, I had incredible mentors, incredible. Uh, Abe, Abe Nemeth was one of them, Fred Gassoni from APH, and another man, Ted Lennox, who was my first blind instructor. Uh, so phenomenal mentors. And of course, they always led the way in technology. So I knew technology would change what it meant to be blind. Uh, I did not really expect to regain my sight, but I did over the next 10, 15 years. But I still use all my blind skills, and I became a TDI, and I just impart all the wisdom that they gave me, and of course, everything additional that's for the 21st century. So now I have students that are independent. I always knew they could be with the right technology, and they don't have pairs, and they don't have TDIs in the school. All they have is a virtual instruction every day to learn how to use any technology, specifically the PC computer, the most used technology in the world, uh, and Microsoft products because that's the software. But anything that's used in the world, they're going to learn how to use it also so they can go on and live their dream and potentials. Gotcha. Yeah, so that's me. That's terrific. That's that's really interesting. It's not every day you hear a story where somebody actually learns blindness skills and then you know gets their sight back and uses a little bit of all the skills that that's great yeah I, very unique in that way that is that is so you are a you're a tvi right now a teacher of the visually impaired or i am but it's it's taking a huge 21st century turn so about eight years ago uh for six years i oversaw 25 school districts in the central part of washington state and as i'm driving over 3,000 miles a month i kept thinking this is the most inefficient ineffective way to try and teach over 70 students you know, if I taught, taught virtually, uh, and I knew what I was going to do, even when I had my 
PhD. I, I mean, I had the whole dissertation written in my head. Um, they just told me I needed to narrow it down. Otherwise, if I wanted to take 15 years to write, write my dissertation, but it was all about virtual instruction um, and teaching online. So now I teach exclusively. I have five uh, blind instructors also because I haven't found any sighted people who understand that type of technology. So I actually train my blind instructors on these advanced skills because they are self-taught. Most blind adults are because they never got the tech instruction. Um, here, here. I'm self-taught a lot of this stuff too. Yeah, yeah. And, and though you guys do a great job, I can show you how to cut that uh, more than three quarters in time. If you, so that's why I teach my adults. Wow. is how to move uh, very quickly. I also work with adults right on their jobs. So it's all virtual, though. So it doesn't matter what time zone. I teach uh, daily every four time zones in the U.S. every single day. Wow. And, of course, I teach around the world. I have a worldwide website, yourtechvision.com, which is really geared for all blind people. If you just want to know how to use your technology more efficiently and effectively, and if you just want to know something, and even if it's not on the site, people just email me and say, hey, can you do a lesson on? And I do. I also have a YouTube site, a YouTube channel with hundreds of videos of my students doing these. And they should be called incredible things because sighted people do it all the time, but they're doing it with keyboard commands. So XY line plot graphs and bar graphs and advanced math, all in Word and PowerPoint, and accessing all the platforms and Google Drive and you name it. And they're, and they're doing it, and they're flying because of the keyboard. And that's why I wanted to um, invite you to, to speak on our podcast because I admit I first saw some of your YouTube clips of your students um, doing, I don't, um, you know, some PowerPoint things and some different Excel things. And I said to myself at the time, like at the time, I'm like, she's got, you know, very young kids, you know, fifth, sixth graders doing things that I don't know how to do well as an adult. Yeah. And I thought this this teacher knows something. She's got something figured out because she's teaching these kids things that. I think are great, and there's certainly things that are reasonable for most, you know, middle or high schoolers to know, or even, you know, elementary kids, but often blind kids don't learn those things. Often blind adults barely get to learn those things, and so I was pretty excited by that because I said, well, I thought her website was really focused just on, you know, kids and students. I realized that she was teaching things that anyone blind could benefit from because... I liked the just inherent belief in the capabilities of blind people that I could see in those videos, and I always appreciated that. So what I wanted to do is, you know, get the word out a little bit more about your website, which is yourtechvision.com, correct? Yes. So I, I love that. That's a great name. And so we'll put it in the show notes as well, but that's yourtechvision.com. And I really invite everyone to check it out. It's got a lot of good information. Um, and I I have bought um, looked at some of the different um, tutorials from there, and I have learned things. Yes, thank you. And um, Alyssa was handing me something. Candy, which yeah. is good stuff. Which, yeah, we don't. And while you test out what she has, on your tech vision, the way you can help remember it, it's technology, technology instruction that gives you vision. It truly does. Because even though I had lost my sight, those men, my mentors, gave me such a great vision of what blindness was was meaning to them, which was a, a really a null issue, because they had all the beginner technology. I got to learn it. Woohoo! Talking soft, you know, the Apple II GS on Echo Boxes. Love that. Wow! I had an Apple II. The Braille speaking. Yeah. Where you dream? I mean, yeah. I always dreamt of a Braille wow. display connected to that. Everybody told me nope. 
You know, I don't like that word, no. And it's but like, mommy, no, one day we're going to have a braille display on this oh, braille mommy, well. Mommy, then we got the braille light. Yeah. And we got the braille light, which is, mommy. you know, a little more advanced in braille speak. Not much. Just had the braille display. and But then we got the braille no. And the apex is like, oh. Hallelujah, the heavens what? opened up. So... Uh, yeah, it's it's. You got a braille note touch in the suitcase. <laughs> I love, yeah, and I love it also. And God bless those wonderful presidents who loan me their tools, so I get to try those out too. And then I have close students, so we ship them in, and they get to, and I do videos of the students using the new technology also. That so that awesome. too is on YouTube if you want to know how the braille note touch works and their pros and cons. Kids are very blunt about that, you know. <laughs> right, right. No, that's okay. I understand, and we. Um, I am really not. So I am not a note taker person, and Daryl is a note taker user. So we, we kind of go back and forth too. I, we that's always a um, an interesting topic. Everybody's got an opinion on note takers or no note takers. Yeah. But the truth is, there's all kinds of people with all kinds of reasons for having a different device. So. Yeah, <laughs> Siri kind seems of, to be most people's friend right yeah, now. That um, seems to be I, true. I get it. I like it too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I used to memorize everything. So uh-huh. one con I can see with the iPhone, as much as I love it. I memorized everything, all my credit card numbers, everybody's telephone number. But you know, once you put that in your phone and you can say, "Hey Siri, call da 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 da," well, there goes the memory on the telephone. I number. agree, yeah. actually, I do agree. I know. Yeah, Daryl can remember IP addresses from the '90s, but if I tell him, "Hey Daryl, remember an address?" He used to be able to do it so easily. Lately, not so much. Oh yeah, I yeah. was just blaming it on you know senior brain. No, no it's it's the <laughs> baby con, brain. It's the cons yeah. of the technology, isn't it, Daryl? I think so. I think yeah. that's part of it. I also think it's. It's yeah, we have sleep a deprivation yeah. and other yeah, things, too. We're sleeping quite enough to yeah. remember. But, yeah, it's funny because I will say, though, he talks about how he can remember things that he, you know, picked up in the 90s sometimes better than things that we have to remember now. But And I never remember addresses yeah. ever, so. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, that's really interesting. So, what's the best way for people to find your clips on YouTube? Is it by searching for your tech vision, or how do we find You can search uh, your tech vision or tech vision and then Denise Robinson, and you'll mm-hmm. pull up my channel. And I always tell people, just just shoot me off an email. A lot of people go to my site. You don't have to go there through the contacts page. You can if you don't remember my email. It's denisrob at gmail.com or yourtechvision at gmail.com. Awesome. Yeah, so really easy to get all of me if you have a specific question. And then I can guide and direct you to the information, hopefully, that you're looking for. Great, great. I know you did that with me. I think I went to your site and got um, a Google Apps tutorial a couple years ago now. because I, um, you have a lot of like little tutorials that you can actually pay to download. They're like I think I paid maybe four dollars for a, a Google Apps tutorial a couple of years ago, and it was very helpful and very um, informative. Um, tell us a little bit more about what else people will find at your website. Well, it's not. It's uh, how to if you really if you're really fastidious, how to fold clothes uh, incredibly oh, wow. perfect with a specific device. Uh, so it's daily living skills. It's really anything, anything you want to know. There are a lot of academics because technology is so big. Uh, so there's a lot of different types of tech there. I know you're going to do it someday too, aren't you? Yes, you are. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, because a lot of students don't have the daily living skills. So that's a big one. A lot of aspects on that. Just uh, important research. So if you doubt what you need to do with yourself or with your child or to get a job, Mm -hmm. uh, it gives you the research, it gives you research sites uh, and information. Yeah, it's just a mixture of absolutely everything that to make the world 
easier and better, you know? The adaptive tools. Yeah. And a lot of people know them, but you know, there could be something that you might not know. Right, right. No, that, that absolutely makes sense. Um, so definitely, I really enjoyed I encourage you know, people to check that out. I really enjoyed, I guess I really like the positive message of this is what, you know, this is what sighted people are doing. This is how, you know, you could do these things as a blind person. And I appreciate that because so much of the time we're told, oh, that's going to be hard for you to do. Or, oh, you know, you won't be able to do that at work or your child won't be able to do this at school. And I like that you're like, yep, this is how we do it. Yep, you can do it. And here's how. Because a lot of people, sometimes we hear we can do things, but we don't always know how to make them happen. So Yeah, I, I hate the word no. Just yeah. ask my students. As soon as someone tells them no, it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to show them otherwise. Uh, Alyssa, however, loves the word no. Yeah. Right now. It's oh, a yeah. favorite toddler word. Oh, boy. I do not like that word. It's like, I will find a way, no matter what, we will be doing this. That's true. I love that. So just um, talking, because um, you you do work a lot with kids, and we're now parents of a toddler. Um, She is 18 months, and she is sticking a straw in my shirt as we speak. So she's very curious. (laughs) So she's just now 18 months, and um, she has glaucoma like we do, and so she is partially sighted. She has a lot of sight right now, but we still want her to learn blindness techniques because our eye condition is notoriously unstable. So what do you recommend, um, you know, for families with very, you know, young blind kids starting out, how, what's the best, you know, steps for us to take with introducing her to tech? Because I do know, I'll just give you a little bit of our background, I do know that, you know, sighted toddlers are encouraged to be using iPads, basically, pretty much right at 18 months, the Academy of Pediatrics just changed the recommendation. They used to say no screens until two. Now they say, well, maybe we were wrong doing 18 months. And the truth is, if you ask a group of parents, they're all doing it younger than 18 months. Their kids have been on iPads since pretty early. Most most yeah. have. But I'm noticing that among blind kids, especially you know, at, the, at the lower ends of the low vision spectrum, are not getting the similar experience. They're not really doing technology until it's suddenly written to their IEP at age three, if then, maybe not even later. So where where should families start out if they want to, you know, get their very young kids started with technology? Well, once again, look around. What is occurring in the rest of the world? Our children can do the exact same thing, too. There's a lot of great games on the iPad. But the iPad, and I always thought, it's a secondary tool, the primary tool that will go anywhere, do anything, and where she needs to be uh, and using in school is going to be that uh, PC computer. And so you want to get a borrowed computer or get one of your older computers, do not give a, a new one. And you're going to download, you know, if you have a 40-minute demo JAWS, that's good enough because I guarantee you that's her, only her attention, attention span. Yeah. And let her go ahead and start pressing those keys out. And of course, have nearby Braille to her. And then download those apps on the iPad so she can create, uh, start learning her shapes and her colors and other images. But I'm a big believer of, you know what? If your child's smart enough to learn it, man, that little girl is bright. Uh, I would say just start introducing it and see what she likes. Also, electronic pianos. Parents might not like it as much. But music actually makes the brain grow. She, she gets a lot of music. She has a lot of musical toys. So yeah. Great. Yeah, Daryl yeah. wants to get her a Scoob, which is that um, the iOS device that's the musical oh, toy. IPad that- have you seen those? Yeah, I have not seen it yet, but I fully agree. I, you know what? The sky's the limit. You squeeze on this thing. It's a rubberized thing, and you squeeze on it, and it makes the iPad do 
different things mm-hmm. and then you know it make different sounds. But it's got and you some can, basic coding potential, you do some basic which coding makes it kind of fun and playgrounds. it's accessible. Yeah. But it's also three hundred dollars. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's why I'm like, and we're gonna wait. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and that's that's really interesting. Another thing I found a lot with kids. Um, is that a lot of the apps for toddlers? So first of all, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna back up a little bit because you said that you think the PC computer is still really important, and that is good to know because I wasn't sure because I'm seeing the trend a lot. Like I work in the tech support field, I would say even in the past five years, I was doing a lot more computer support five years ago than I am now. So many people are going mobile, so even with that, you still think um, PC is the most important. It doesn't even have to do with what I think. I go back to what is occurring in the world. I go back to the Pew Research. They put out data every single year. Um, and, and here's another thing I also look at. When I fly, and I fly a lot, every two to three weeks, I am flying across the country. Mm-hmm. You know what computer is sitting in all those tables in all and plugged in and mm-hmm. working? They're PCs. Interesting. That's, I know. That's Not even the, Mac. Huh? So the, no. Okay. So this is the workforce you're talking right, about. Right, right, and right. And that's ultimately. These are the businessmen. And you know what? That's exactly what Pew Research says. The PC still leads still leads. Gotcha. It still leads. Computer technology. That's what the business world is using in productivity. Yes, people use Mac, but it's used in a different way. Engineers, designing, um, and there's a lot of people will have dual. Uh, some of my kids actually have Macs, but it becomes more of a, you know, it's, it's a, used for something else. When they need to get serious about work, it's the PC. They use their Macs for other things. They have podcasts and they use their music for it and whatnot. Um, but they're the ones that are determining that, what gets the work done fastest. Because when I get them on the PC and I show them how fast, they oh, man, that's so much. Oh, I can't do that on my Mac. And that's, but, and that's not even the point. Yeah, they can do a lot more. But that's the difference between open source and closed source. And this morning I had also spoken on that. Closed source, the advantage, the pro of the Mac is if you have a 1,000 people, those 1,000 people are going to have the exact same experience. It's a closed source. But you're also not going to get that nasty error box and the blue screen that mm-hmm. we get on the PC. Yep, yep. <laughs> so there's the pros and cons. And if you want to be a really safe person and you know you don't have to get a job, someone's going to be supporting you, great. You do whatever you want. But if you would really like to be a productive member of society and possibly get a job, you're going to go to the PC. It's open source. You can add apps and third-party software and, oh, my gosh, as big as the mind can think. And that (laughs) opens up the possibilities of every type of access. Mm -hmm. Uh, So even those so-called things that people are calling inaccessible, it's, it's just take a few keystroke commands with the right app, and it's not inaccessible anymore. So... Um, yeah, so that's an advantage, and then of course that's what Pew Research backs up. So 80 to 90, and it's plus because the smartphone we're looking at 92% use in the world. So it's not just uh, the U.S., but the PC still leads the way in productivity in the business world. So uh, yeah, so even if you're blind, you know what? Just walk by one of those computer stations and say, "Hey, can you guys tell me what you have?" And you're gonna have a whole lot. PC, and then they start naming off brand names. No, that makes sense. And that's important because I was because honestly, I use a PC all day, every day at work, and I just wasn't sure if I was out of touch if everybody but me was using um, you know, nope. something else. But that is good. You're that's right on touch. Point. And most of us, <laughs> in fact, that is true. And most of us, whether you're an adult or you're the parent of a child, our goal is eventually to have a job. And since that is the goal, right. um, it's still important to learn those PC skills. And I think that's great because what I'm seeing a lot when I hear, when I talk, I mean, 
Alyssa's very young, but I spend a lot of time on forums with other parents of blind children, and I hear a lot of times that they're getting iPad skills, and they're not necessarily getting PC skills, and if they do, they're getting it so much later that they don't even want to do them and to me that didn't sound like a good thing and I'm glad to know that my instincts were correct that's good to know that that's still yeah the iPad is very limited it's a fun it's fun Mm -hmm. if you want to you know do some fun little you know put a attach a braille display and have them braille out a fun app or whatever but you can do all that on a computer anything and if you want to use an iOS your iPhone does absolutely everything but you don't want to introduce really the iPhone until later because it's too easy. And we already talked about it, Daryl. You know, the, the, yeah. the con in it is you stop memory. You need to use your memory and research. This is brain research now. If you teach it, a child will learn. They will. They're yeah, so incredibly smart. Um, but uh, the iPad, that is a secondary tool. And once again, I go back to my students. They have iPads. I, they're collecting dust now once they've gotten their iPhones and they realize the power of it. Mm-hmm. But once again, when you're talking work, it's a PC computer. Mm-hmm. They can do it. Who wants to do an Excel graph on an iPhone? Uh, I don't. No, no. PowerPoint? No, Forget it. No. Now, I can run a presentation after I create it on my PC and upload it to the cloud and load it to my phone. But I am not going to do any major creation uh, on the iPhone. So they work incredibly well together. And you save to the cloud, and you can easily share with any tool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that absolutely makes sense. Yeah. But that, don't let a school fool you and say, the iPad is great. It's a, it's a cheap tool. They want to sell that to the, just like a Chromebook. Those are not the right tool for your kid. If a kid wants to play with them as a secondary Fine. Well, secondary needs to be like a brown oak. Tertiary. <laughs> right, right. Down the list. But uh, iPad should never be a primary tool at school. That is good to know because I have to say I wasn't sure. So I appreciate that. And it makes perfect sense. What you're saying definitely makes sense. I just wasn't sure. And so it's, it's helping me to hear that for sure. And I certainly, I mean, I let her um, type on my keyboard and listen to Josh just because I have Jaws running on my computer anyway. So when she wants to take a turn, I'll let her tap on the keyboard and she hears the letters and She'll start, she'll hear the letters and then she'll start making up her own letters. She'll just go H-I-J-K when she hears that. Great. <laughs> Regardless of what it. you're saying. So, yeah, yeah um, she does. It's good that I'll just, I'll keep doing that then. So here's one thing I'm encountering, whether I am on Windows or an iPad or iPhone or Mac or anything, the issue I'm finding is kids at this age learn by playing and so many of the things that sighted kids are doing are not accessible with voiceover or JAWS or anything else. What do you, what do you recommend? They are accessible with talking software. Uh-huh. You have to know the commands. Gotcha. Yeah, and I presented this morning on, uh, you hear a lot of that, and it's basically because you don't know the commands. It's amazing with the right instruction, all of a sudden the whole world opens up. And it just takes a, a, just some instruction. That's okay. I like the music in the background. <laughs> it just, but it's just basically instruction, and that's and you will find that the majority of the things that you want to access, ninety nine point nine, they're going to be accessible. That is interesting. I'm fairly certain. Um, it doesn't seem like the issue is not knowing the commands, but it's very possible. So, what do you usually start kids with? Whether they're you know, the new learners, learners, whether they're eighteen months or five or or whatever. What do you start the new learners on first? What's your usual first? Well, first thing I do is uh, get a hold of an old laptop. You can always get someone to adopt, uh, right. you know, donate one to you. Right, right. Get talking software on there. There's some a lot of fun games. My site is loaded with 
hundreds. All right, I'm going to go find some. I know, of apps and things you can download and games you can play with, and that's really where you want to focus. Yeah, you know, there's going to be the, and I don't really like those anyway, the shoot them up, you know, knock them, you know, hit your arrow keys. We prefer not to have those too. Yeah, I'm not so fond of those. But there are, and I had, and Blind Games puts out a ton. It's an excellent site. Um, Here you go. And it's an excellent site. But anyway, there are, yeah, just go in the search engine and type in apps. Okay. Start downloading them. And then uh, Google, and then do a search for Blind Games. You'll also pull that up on my site. Google, she says Google. She knows Google. That's right, Google. She does know that word. Yeah, but Blind Games has a huge, there are so many, there are so many games out there. Okay, I believe you. I just, it's interesting because I will say when I ask this question of, I love your perspective because it's a different answer than I usually get, but I like your answer. And usually when I ask that question, I usually get recommended, particularly for the iPad, I get recommended games that are not voiceover accessible. And they're like, well, you have to turn off voiceover to use them and they'll recommend these toddler apps. Yes, they're self-voiced, or yes, they have audio, but they still don't work with voiceover, and I find it maddening. So I'm, I'm glad to know you've got a different take on it, because... It's I and I haven't updated it. I can already tell you there are hundreds more new voiceover yeah. active apps out there. Good, good. Okay. Yeah, and so what I want you to do is just go get on your PC and do a Control-E and type in voiceover apps uh-huh. for the you know, iPad, and you're going to pull up a whole new list. Okay, yeah. I like that. Thank yeah, you. I will absolutely. do that, because... And it's um, that is definitely good to know and I appreciate that. That's why we're glad we're talking with yeah. you today. That's there's always particular things, but that's true for everybody. That doesn't work for them. Fine. Find something that does. There's so much that does. I believe it. Yeah. So are you finding your students using um, JAWS these days or are there more NVDA folks or is it kind of in the middle? Or Yeah. Okay, you're going to love my perspective. You need to know at least three talking softwares. At least three. I, I know two and a half. So that's close, right? Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> Uh, Jaws always leads the way. Jaws can do anything. Thank you. Jaws can do anything. NVDA is always the backup. But then uh, so is Narrator. You know, they both go out for whatever reason. God bless Narrator. You know, Windows key, enter, and voila, you've got something to go to figure out. Well, even if it's to shut down the computer uh, correctly to get your all your programs closed, to shut down your computer and get your talking software working back again. But, like, if my kids are in the middle of a test and all of a sudden the talking software decides to die on you, which we absolutely love, but we're talking technology. Right. Third-party software, this is what happens, but it also has the power. So you have to have a, a backup. It's problem-solving. Okay, my jaw's not working. My NVDA's not decided to quit, too. Narrator. Okay, I'm finishing this with Narrator. Hand it in and then restart my computer. Kids are not going to restart the computer in the middle of class. Right. Yeah. So you have to know a backup. So, yeah, JAWS has always led the way. It still it still does in power, but they also know NVDA. NVDA is really incredible. It's really come up uh, big time. But Narrator, it's great. If you want to use Edge, Narrator works in it phenomenally yeah. well. And yeah. I will say that, uh, so starting with the creator's update of Windows 10, it's Control uh, Windows Enter now. They changed it. Yeah, Control then, Windows Enter. Don't yeah, love that? they changed it. And then the other thing, too, is that I have a good friend of mine who is uh, on the narrator team now. And narrator is, oh, cool. really, narrator is really coming up. Um, it is. Are you impressed? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's getting better and better, and they're starting to add Braille support. They're beta testing Braille support in Narrator. Yeah. I have to say, I'm glad you mentioned Narrator. I'm glad they came up, because as someone who's been using JAWS for nearly 20 years, actually, how old am I? Yeah, almost 20 years. Um, I know. When did it come? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. 
know. I, I forget that narrator exists. Beta testing Jaws <laughs> in '94. The point is, yeah. it, it's yeah. no longer to the point where we can forget about it. It is a useful, viable tool now. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up because I, as a Jaws user for years, I forget that narrator is a. Well, they didn't used to be, so, I mean... Yeah. Yeah. And also the speech recognition on Windows Uh 10. Just get a really good headset, and you can actually utilize it. You, uh, you know, make sure your echo is off on your jaws. Your really good echo... a button on your headset that turns your jaws, also the volume, just in case. Mm-hmm. You speak it, uh, your speech recognition is phenomenal, then you turn your jaws back on and have your jaws do all your commands to read it and edit it and whatnot, and there you go. So anybody who has difficulties with their hands, speech mm-hmm. recognition on Windows 10 is phenomenal. Oh, so. then we have a ball. That's good. That's, that's definitely um, good to know for folks who... <laughs> That. Yeah, so Liz is playing with a ball filled with rice that my friend Mary Noel gave her today. So Yep, I like it. Yeah, it, it is pretty fun. So um all right, well that is really um that is really exciting um and interesting stuff. And so what would you say what is something that you're most excited about recently that you've been getting um, you know, your students and colleagues um working on or are learning to do? What's uh, well, it's absolutely every single piece of software always has updates. Just like Daryl mentioned, yeah, God bless the hardware. Just did an update, you know. Instead of Windows Enter, it's now Control Windows Enter. It's keeping up with uh, all the changes. But most exciting is um, I'm a, a lot of people need great instruction. I'm finding great teachers. Um, so the more teachers I add on, means the more students we can add on and that means these students are going to show the world that they can do anything and not only anything that the sighted world is doing they're going to be able to be more efficient uh, and get it done sooner because keyboard commands are faster than a mouse yeah and i want them every step of the way when the teacher says okay we need to go ahead and do powerpoint and they're just learning the basic steps in third and fourth grade our kids just say, great, and they open their PowerPoint, and they're, like, ready to start working, um, and that is at every point. I want our kids to just be ready to start working and and do it, and then con- continually get the instructions so they can get the updates and learn more and become even better. Yeah. That, that That's great. That absolutely makes sense to me. I can't help but wonder, so what's the youngest age student you work with these days? Well, uh, these days I get more parents with older children who say, oh my gosh, my kid doesn't even know how to, you know, they're getting old enough and the parents don't know how to work with them. And so there's a lot of panic mode, so I'm getting older kids. Mm-hmm. But um, now I'm starting to get a little bit younger. So my youngest right now is in fourth grade, but I've worked as young, and this is the ideal, at three months. Oh, I, I call it, I want to get kids coming from the womb. Because okay. I want to make sure they have all those pre-built skills, and then by three, formal braille and computer instruction begins. Mm-hmm. And then by kindergarten, they already have all those typing skills and the braille skills, and they can read and they can output work for the teacher. Wow, that's good to know, Alyssa. We need to we need to really step up your game there. <laughs> I know wow. you're behind those three month olds. You know that you're just right. starting it on the, this at eighteen. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Oh, wow. She's trying to approach. She's like, what? She's like, she's like, she's like, can the three month olds do this? S U V. You're so silly. So silly. Yeah, alphabet's good. Yeah. Yay. Um, so that that is really exciting. And so, do you work with um, 
you do you work with some adult students too, or are you? I do. Do yeah, That's great. Uh, I work with quite a few adult students, and then of course, Voc Rehab gets a hold of me for a, an adult who just started a new job, and they're not sure how to access particular programs. And so we connect virtually, and what's so great is they're so supportive, uh-huh. and uh, the student, yeah, the adult student will say, "Okay, I'm in my tech lesson, so I can," you know, she just shuts the door so people know that she is learning how to do whatever program. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's it's great. Yeah, so the adults are learning those skills they need to on the job. Applicable training is what I call it. Applicable training. Mm-hmm. The student is always the director of what they need to know. That makes sense. So what's the oldest age that you work with? So the youngest you work with 98. 98. Wow, you really have covered the whole lifespan then. I do, and, and he's still alive. The 98-year-old is still alive. So he was using XP. Mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he wanted to do some significant updates. I said that is yeah. never going to happen with your XP. Yeah. <laughs> and he was also wanted to do his um, his Charles Schwab of banking. And re- an XP is not supported; it's unsecure. Right. And I said you do not want to do anything on an unsecure machine. Mm-hmm. And so I talked him into a new machine. So he, he is learning Windows 7. No, he does not need to update to Windows 10. Right. So if you're older and you're happy with your OS, just keep your talking software updated with your browsers. But uh, so that was the process. And, you know, sometimes older people have memory issues. So I stuck all the icons directly on the front of his desktop mm-hmm. so he could easily find them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then so he's learned how to use Charles Schwab. Yeah. And you know, if you ever forget a command, God bless Tab, right? Mm-hmm. Right. That's no, true. Yeah. Absolutely. Anywhere. That's, well, yeah. that's kind of changing in Windows 10, though. It is. A little, a little bit. You, Big time. You've got to use your screen reader, your screen reader commands to move by object because yep. Tab yep. and Shift Tab won't always get you right. there anymore. That is exactly right. Hence the reason why I'm not upgrading into Windows 10. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> Gotcha. Which browser are you recommending for your students these days? Firefox. Okay, that's Firefox. good. That's, that's we like what that I too. use. Yeah. Let me put a caveat in here uh-huh. because I, all my blind and low vision kids learned all about the blind world, all about the sighted world. So my blind kids also need to know how to find the right picture and then format them correctly, i.e. still rules on that. Interesting. I know. Now, you also have to remember your screen must be control zero at 100%. Mm -hmm. And so they go into IE, and it's very easy. Of course, you're doing your links, images, and you do your Google search, and you pull up your images. And if you do a good search, so it's also teaching good search skills. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if you're looking for Murphy Brown, you're going to do a search for Murphy Brown. You'll pull up every single picture of Murphy Brown. And then, of course, you hit G. Don't we love that graphic? It took me a little Mm -hmm. while to figure that one out. It's not picture. (laughs) Uh-huh. Yep. And we're talking, figure that out, 20 years ago. Uh-huh. Um, because, of course, 20 years ago, we were all figuring it out ourselves. But it was G, and it lands you right on your picture. You route your cursor. You do your special right-click. You save it. And so that still rules on the picture. So that's what they use IE for. But mm-hmm. Firefox still rules. But if you're doing Google and you want to upload folders, a lot of schools have their networks connect to Chrome, so they need to know Chrome also. It really isn't just know one thing. Right, right. They, yeah. That so. makes sense. I get a lot of calls from, from parents and teachers at work, and I notice a lot of folks are using Chrome. It's very heavily Chrome world in education. Yeah. So I was curious what people were using. So 
Um, that makes sense. You get a little bit of Firefox, a little bit of IE, and a little bit of Chrome. Yeah, yeah. It's, a little bit of all the things. And then you use the browser you need to do mm -hmm. what you need to do. It's right. just like you use the talking software that you need to use to do what you need to do. Mm -hmm. So it really isn't a no one thing. It's Mm -hmm. You know, my preference is the kids learn a PC, they need a braille display, I love the braille note, I will never hate the braille note because oh, I have a special place in my heart for that. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, iPad, iPhone, you really, you know, if you don't have any vision, you don't really need the iPad because the iPhone does 10 times as much as the iPad, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, so much more. But as the tools come along, yeah, get it, learn it. It helps your brain grow. I know. And let's face it, we are not getting dementia with all the things we're learning. You know, you continually learn a new <laughs> skill. It keeps our brain cells growing, and uh, we all we can get as we age. <laughs> and you, you talked about the Braille note, how, how you're, you're always kind of going to love the Braille note a little bit. What do you see as the future of note-takers um, for anybody, um, for adults and for students? What, where do you see that going next? I know. You know, that's really interesting. Um, you know, when I was introduced, uh, well, when I when the Braille, Braille touch was dropped off and I got to explore it, I really loved it. Uh, and, I, and I was so grateful that they still had the Braille, the, the six keys on there to Braille with. Yeah, right, right. the physical keys. Yeah, right. the physical keys. Let yeah. me tell you, you yeah. wipe some swept through your brow because there's a learning curve in uh, making that uh, Braille screen or the flat screen work really well. And my student, of course, caught on, caught on much quicker to perfect, keeping her fingers exactly. Oh no, I did. Her pointer kept going over. That's it. I kept saying, you know, your pointer is trying to do your middle finger. That's why you're always doing the dot two and not a dot one. Mm -hmm. um, and then, so she was the one that had to correct that out. But there's a learning curve to it. You know, one thing I like the Braille, about the Braille note, they need a quick on, a really quick on. And the Braille, touch. Have you noticed that, Daryl? It's slower. Yeah, well... Even when we're yeah. waiting a minute and a half, mm -hmm. that's, that's like long. ghastly. Yeah. If you're if you're meeting up with someone doing a quick conversation, they say, oh, call me. Here's my number. And they start rattling off numbers. You can do that on a braille note. It's right. instant on. Get right into your dress book and start typing. So, with a braille touch, it's like, hold on, hold on, hold so on. I will say this, though. Um, if you don't turn your touch off, if you just lock it and let it go into standby mode, yeah. it's still pretty quick. It's if you have to turn your brown note on from the cold start. Right, exactly. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know if that's a... Because, you know, the same thing, I think that has to do with the uh, operating systems, right? So yeah. the same thing happens, I think, if you turn your iPhone on from a cold start exactly. or you turn on your time. Yeah. Android device from yep. a cold start it takes a while to start but yeah. then so I think that's what we're supposed to do now is we're supposed to lock the device right and not turn it on basically leave it on but we do need to reset our uh, all our hardware to get rid of the little hiccups oh yeah you sometimes know, if you do, yeah. yeah if you do that every you know a few days with a computer though I tell them turn it off every night because the RAM gets clogged. Well, the iPhone and the you know brown note they work differently, so that's not such a big issue. But yeah, any yeah, computer so system of any kind is subject to what they call memory leaks, and yeah. when you reboot your system, that's yeah. what you're doing is uh, removing <laughs> those memory leaks. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
Yeah, so, you know, it will be interesting. You know, is the iPhone and devices like that going to become so huge? And, of course, the little touch, the Braille touch screen, which is cool on the iPhone. I mean, so you can keep it quiet. You're not announcing to the world every single, um, you know, thing that you're doing. So, I don't know. But I, you know, I love the touch of the Braille. But, you know, I have to think, okay, I'm older. Am I just doing old school on that? But I insist on Braille displays on that. I think there's always going to be electronic Braille. It, how it's going to come about, I don't really know. Right, right. That's more what I was, my question was more Braille notes versus um, a mainstream device like a computer or an or, or an or a smartphone with a Braille display. I would prefer Braille to be in the picture regardless of what we're doing. But I'm, I'm pretty decide. sure it's going to be. You have, I mean, I would I would be so insulted if someone said, okay, we're getting rid of all the print books in the world. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's no, like, yeah, forget it. That's not going to happen. Yeah, no, no, no argument here. I was thinking of in the context of including Braille is electronic Braille more, you know, I'm... Uh, it's going to be more electronic Braille than hard copy Braille. Well, no, what I'm saying is... Uh, are we are we moving away from having our electronic braille on note takers and instead having mainstream devices with braille displays, or do you think there's always going to be some place for this separate note taker? I don't know. It's interesting. It has diminished a lot. The note takers. Yes, it has. Yeah, it's it's kind of you know it's kind of disappearing because. You know, you get those little Braille displays. You can connect them to anything. Good grief, Bluetooth has just changed right. the face of, oh, my gosh, air display. You just touch and go and share and, oh, my gosh. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know how long of a history it may have just because we are talking. If we want to be totally mainstream, well, take the mainstream device and... Uh, you know, so many people say, well, should I put a really large keyboard on that for my low-vision kid? Absolutely not. No. no. Should I put Braille all over the keyboard? Absolutely not. They need to learn touch typing. I do not want a kid scrubbing the letters to learn a yeah, letter. Yeah, That's a good no. Braille is taught on, you know, a letter. A letter. A letter. A letter. A letter. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know. It will be interesting. It would make me sad, but I, I kind of fear that might be the way it's right. going. Well, it's an interesting topic because the truth is, I see, I personally have really not used a note taker in years. I use a, um, one Braille display or another attached to my iPhone for most yeah. things, including note taking. However, Daryl has a Braille note, a new Braille note, and he likes it. And I can see why. There are things yeah. to like about it. So I'm just always curious to ask people's perspective on that. The truth is, there is, or at least right now, Today, there is no right answer. It's all kind of a personal preference thing. I was right. just curious where you were seeing that going or where you were seeing your students, you know, what they tend to be picking up more. Well, I can tell you all my students love their Apexes. Uh-huh. And, the, and then, of course, the brown touch. It will see how this, will, this transition is going to stick. Mm-hmm. Because it's nice, isn't it, Daryl? Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see what they do with the touch. I'm My one big disappointment is uh, that... Uh, and supposedly I hear that this can change, but my one disappointment right now is it's based on Android 4.42 yeah. KitKat. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, even Ira won't run on that. Right. The Ira app for Android requires Android 5. Yeah. I'm like, okay, really? So we have this cool note taker. Yeah. It even has a camera in it. Yeah. I could install Ira on it, except no, it's already based on an old right. operating system. Yeah. So. That is a big problem. Right, yeah. and the browser on the Apex is pretty old too, so that's what Yeah, now the now the one on the the run on the touch is, is 
better. It's, it's wonderful. You can, yeah. you can run, uh, yeah, and you can run Firefox and Chrome and all those yeah. things on the touch. So. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Yeah. So yeah. that's just interesting. It's always an interesting topic. I like to add ask yeah. people who are, you know, on the ground working with but students I, currently, what, what folks are preferring. So it's good yeah. to know they're still... Um, what what still, I like about the touch, by the way, guys, is you can open up that keyboard and get full access to the touch screen beneath it. Yeah, that's exactly right. Get yeah. access to what? Sorry. The touch screen. You can open up, the keyboard folds open, and you can access the touch screen below it. So you have yeah. the best of both worlds. You have a physical keyboard, and yep. or then you have the touch screen if you need it. Right, yeah. right. No, that definitely makes sense, and I, I like that, that yeah. too. So... Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. Any other, um, other anything else? Last minute um, thoughts, okay. tips, tricks you'd like okay. to share with our, okay. our listeners? Okay. Well, but okay. since I've been teaching all day, my brain, I think, is just about spilled I, out now. I appreciate so much. This is the end of a very long day. We're recording this in the evening after a long day of parent sessions at the end it's of the convention. Great, so yeah, I really do appreciate you meeting with us at the end of um, such a long, busy day. But um, thank you so much. I invite everybody to you know check out um, Denise's website, which is, uh, again, yourtechvision.com or look up uh, Denise Robinson on YouTube and um, or yeah, you're going to need to put Tech Vision because there's a whole lot oh, of Denise there's a lot. Robinson. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so we're going to Putting Dr. Tech. Denise before anything really, really helps because okay. there's a lot of Denise Robinsons. But gotcha. Dr. Denise not Robinson. very many do not Fewer. Dr. Denise Okay, or, just, yeah. or, or put in Tech Vision to find her um, yeah. videos on YouTube. Um, and, well, and I thank you again very much for joining us today. This was very interesting and a lot of really good information. So thank you. Absolutely. Anything else, Daryl? I think that's it. Okay, everybody, stay tuned for additional podcasts. If you'd like to get a hold of us, you can uh, post a comment on the blog over at blindaccessjournal.com, or you can uh, tweet us. My goodness, she's not ready for the podcast to be over. Oh, no, she's not. So I can be reached on Twitter as Daryl, D-A-R-R-E-L-L. And I'm Allie Talk on Twitter, A-L-L-I-T-A-L-K. Uh, or you can email Allison, A-L-L-I-S-O-N, at blindaccessjournal.com. Or Daryl, D-A-R-R-E-L-L, at blindaccessjournal.com. All right. And, um, Denise, do you have any contact info you want to throw out there, or do you want people to um, just... If you want to contact me, Denise Rob at gmail.com or yourtechvision at gmail.com and ask away. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. Um, everybody, thanks for listening, and we will talk with you next time. Bye, Bye everybody. Bye. Bye.